In the aftermath of the Damian Lillard trade, a reminder of Calvin Booth's number one job as head of the Nuggets. There's some veteran options out there, and there might be more. We're going to talk a little bit about those. Plus, we're a little futurism with the Denver Nuggets and all the possible ways that the long-term future can go. This is Locked on Nuggets. You are Locked on Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. Thanks for joining us and making us your first listen. Appreciate you guys being in every day or checking us out daily and being with us. Whether you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, make sure to leave us those reviews. Or if you're checking the show out on YouTube, you can find us on YouTube.com. Slash locked on nuggets and catch the live show. Just turn on notifications. Hit the like button for us, please. And you can join folks like Five Ish, who's hanging out with us tonight. Malik Moore is back with us. Eric Wang is finally made a live one. Welcome, Eric. Glad to have you with us. Uh, you can join those kind of folks if you just check out Locked On Nuggets. Go to youtube.com slash locked on nuggets. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network, and this is your Thursday episode on Locked on Nuggets. Tomorrow morning on Friday, you will get Adam Mares and Swipa. They'll be with you on Friday's episode. This is my last show of the preseason. This is my last show of the offseason, rather. So I finally don't have to start come up with like conceptual ideas to get us through the dog days. Starting on Sunday night with World's Finest, we'll do preview of Media Day, and then we're off and running with actual content to react to from the Denver Nuggets. Very excited for that. Uh, Hurricane also hanging out with us. Don't want to forget him. Canard and Grace. Grace, what's up, Grace? Uh, all right, so I wanted to do the show. I was, I was kind of thinking of like, okay, what am I going to talk about? And I was uh, chatting on Twitter, as I am prone to do. I don't know if you know that. And the whole Damian Lillard thing is there's the after effects today, right? Where um, Chris Haynes, first the athletic um, Sam Amick and Sean Serrani are put out their version of like, here's what happened. And then Chris Haynes followed with basically the uh, Macbethian betrayal episodic tale of how terrible it was for Damian Lillard and how dastardly those people in Portland are. And like, look, I don't, I don't mind. Um, Chris was a beat reporter for the Oregonian. And I remember when he got the job and I remember like how, like I was able to see from afar. And then later on when he was like in the locker rooms, like watching that relationship develop in little glimpses, like he worked really hard to build a relationship with Dame and Dame's representation. And so like, I think it's totally fine that Chris Haynes has a close enough relationship with one of the biggest stars to tell Dame's side of the story. And if we're going to be really honest about this, tell Aaron Goodwin, Dame's agents, side of the story that's what's actually happening here and that's fine and there's all this drama and there's all this mess and the miami people are so mad blah 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 as if it's like this is a moral outrage and this is not right and they don't care they just wanted dame they just wanted the good player to play for the team that they either are a fan of or cover or both and i hate the disingenuousness of it but how this relates to you is relationships are the number one job of executives and we don't talk about it that way we talk about executives how do they draft who do they hire what coach do they hire what trades do they make the number one job is building and maintaining relationships both internally in the league and externally to make sure that you can hire the best people 
that you can identify the best players in trades and that you have enough connections to be on top of your game. And by all accounts, Calvin Booth does a great job at all those things. Well-respected around the league, obviously a former player, all those kind of things. That said, there will come a time when things are not copacetic with Denver. Denver has benefited from, I would say, four years of uncommon and unique lack of locker room drama. This has been a low drama group. And in part, that's part of the vision that Tim Conley had. And when you guys ask us, why do you keep talking about Tim Conley? It's stuff like this, where after Tim's initial mistakes, and they were terrible mistakes when he first got the job in 2013. After that, he really had an understanding of the kind of guys that he wanted to bring into the organization, both from a player coaching all the way down. And it was built on guys that wanted to be in the gym, guys that wanted to play basketball, wanted to do their job, that wanted to come in and do the work, right? And when you build those kinds of identities, it helps because you're not like, if you don't have an eye on commercials and flashy parties and you're not focused on going to yacht parties and getting into um, all these things or going to the Met Gala or going to the Paris fashion show. And like some of the guys probably have gone and that's fine. But when that's not like your priority, it's easier for you to focus and you're not going to be disappointed with Denver as the city that it is in the NBA glamour rankings. And so that kind of works out. Right. And so the Nuggets have had this stretch where there hasn't been a lot of drama. Like there just hasn't been conflict. Like there was, you know, MPJ and Malone. And then there was Bones and Malone, right? And those are pretty common things to happen. Like guys are in coaches' dog houses all the time when they're young. It happens all the time. And those are pretty common. And the reason I bring this up is eventually despite the championship contention and the window that's open for them because Nicola's 28 this this year, Jamal's 27. They can do this for another five years. Like the core is set. They'll have to replace KCP in a few, but in general, like the big four can be together for five years. Right. Provided the Cronkies are still willing to pay the luxury tax, which they have been. But somewhere along the way, there will be conflict. There will be one guy is the winning is never enough after you've done it. Um, you know, look, Simmons talks about the disease of me and he talks about that, right. And about how that can be pervasive and for whatever criticisms you have of Simmons, like that's a pretty, it, it touches on and encapsulates a very well-known thing. Because if you look back at the history of the NBA and I, I like there, I encourage you, there are great books out there to read. David Halberstam has like three of them, two of them. They're amazing. But if you go back and you read the history of the league, if you read even stuff like loose balls about the history of the ABA, you will find these recurring patterns. And it's not unique to the NBA. It happens in the NFL. It happens in Major League Baseball. Um, and it happens in business too, where somebody thinks that they have, can do more. And no matter how successful you are, it's hard to not get bored and it's hard to not want more if you believe in yourself, especially the way that these athletes do. And so eventually, 
that will be Calvin Booth's biggest job is he will have to maintain the relationships with all of these guys to make sure that things are in the right spot and to do whatever he can to manage them into a place where everyone is still willing to make the sacrifices. And if they're not, if that changes to be ahead of that, to make sure that you make the moves when the timing is right for those to get ahead of the problem in order to not be behind it. Because when you're behind it, you face stuff like what Portland's going through in which they waited too long. Like a really good example of this would be Darren Williams, who is forgotten now, but like Darren was, there was a legitimate conversation to be had in 2010 between Chris Paul and Darren Williams. Like you could have an argument about which one of those two guys were, were better. And if you're a young person listening to the show, you're like, who? And that's the point is like, you know, Darren pushed too hard, made it known that he wanted to go to a bigger market. And before that could really echo or set in the jazz up and traded him, moved him in the middle of the night to the nets, made a massive deal, got back Derek favors and a bunch of picks. And they used that to kind of set the foundation for what became the Gordon Hayward team. And that led into the Donovan Mitchell team. And that team made the second round and was the number one seed. And yeah, they disappointed. You had the chance, you had the talent, you had the draft picks, you had the, the opportunity to do that. And my point here is not that like Calvin Booth needs to already start thinking about this and make moves. No, no, no. Like th things are fine now. Things are good, but there does need to be, like there just always has to be this management of it. And that when we talk about what Calvin Booth needs to do, if things go badly with the bench this season and people are talking about trading, you know, trying to trade for a veteran, those are small decisions. And GMs are part of such a larger ecosystem. The heads of basketball operations have to deal with business people talking to them, the owners having their desires that they have. Like the Blazers are a good example of this as well. If you think that Joe Cronin had absolute power in this situation, you were mistaken. There were other people in the organization that owns the Blazers, not named Jody Allen, the owner, that had a large say in how this went down. Everyone kind of understands that in league circles. Cronky sports has kind of evolved in a different way. That used to really be the case where there were a lot of cooks in the kitchen. It's not really that way anymore for a number of reasons. It's, it's much different now. It really is kind of like, Josh Kroenke, Calvin Booth, Tommy Balchettis, Michael Malone, Nicole Jokic, right? They're a very direct line. But it's a reminder that things can change. And it's a reminder that maintaining those relationships are really important to being able to keep windows like the Nuggets have open. And that as great as the chemistry was last year, whether it's this year or in the future, and I think it'll be fine this year, but at some point, the chemistry in the locker room won't be the same for Denver. And you have to be ready for that. On the other side, you know, some veterans are going to hit the, the market after all these trades shake out. And I wanted to talk a little bit about, <laughs> uselessly, about why I still think that probably Denver should be interested in some of them. We'll talk about that on the other side when we return. First, I need to tell you about DoorDash. Uh, DoorDash groceries is amazing. I told the story the other day. I want to repeat it though. It's really important. So like I'm making dinner all the time and, um, I, like I do all the cooking in the house for the family 
And the problem is, is that my son is extremely picky and only eats like four things. My wife is a uh, pescatarian slash vegetarian that doesn't like salad. And my daughter is a carnivore that just craves the, the flesh of living beings uh, at all times. And so I'm often trying to make like multiple meals, which means I forget things. But DoorDash has been awesome about, oh, I can just get that thing delivered. I can get it right now, especially when things go bad in the, in the refrigerator. And I'm like, man, I was going to do this thing, but the red peppers have got mold on them. This sucks. I hate that feeling. But DoorDash fixes that immediately. You've trusted DoorDash to deliver your restaurant favorites, and now you can get grocery delivery that actually delivers too. Thousands of grocery stores to choose from. You'll find the best in your neighborhood and boost your local economy with each and every order. You want more value? You can save on all your grocery and restaurant favorites with a $0 delivery fee on all eligible orders with a Door Pass, with a Dash Pass membership. With easy substitutions right in the app and best-in-class customer support, DoorDash delivers groceries exactly how you want it. Get 50% off your first DoorDash order up to a $20 value when you use code LOCKEDONNBA at checkout. Limited time offer. Terms do apply. That's 50% off up to $20, no minimum subtotal, and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKEDONNBA. Don't forget, that's code LOCKEDONNBA for 50% off your first order with DoorDash. We'll be right back on Locked On Nuggets. Back here on Locked On Nuggets, thanks for joining us and making us part of your day. Appreciate you guys being with us. So in the aftermath of the Damian Lillard trade, today the Phoenix Suns, because they had uh, too many honestly, replaceable role players, uh, waived Ish Wainwright and Keon Johnson. They're expected to at least. I don't know if those have been made official yet or not. And like Ish Wainwright, I think is like an interesting example here of Ish isn't spectacular. Ish isn't necessarily great. At any one particular thing, he's just like an NBA body that helped the Suns last season, and he was fine for them. He had good games and bad games. He was totally replaceable. Um, the question is, will the Nuggets reach a point? They're not there now. They literally don't have a roster spot. Will the Nuggets be reach a place where that could be valuable? Right? And... I do kind of wonder, I will continue to wonder, and you will hear me on this show probably wondering, unless the, and like, I am open to being wrong. Maybe the bench just hits the ground running. Maybe all of a sudden it's like, you know who's got the best bench in the NBA? Denver Nuggets. Or even not even the best bench. Hey, you know who's 15th? Denver. They're totally fine. They destroy teams when Jokic is on the floor, and they play sub, and they play even. Zero net rating uh, when their bench is in. But I do just kind of continue to wonder, like, they have two second-round picks in Hunter Tyson and Jalen Pickett that are expected to at least compete for rotation minutes. Uh, The first eight, obviously, are the starters, Reggie Jackson, Christian Brown, Peyton Watson. That's the first eight, right? That's an eight-man rotation. If the playoffs started tomorrow, which they don't, that'd be weird, but if the playoffs started tomorrow, that's your rotation. Top five. Reggie, Christian Brown, Peyton Watson. But I still can kind of, we know how often guys are out with little injuries. And I do wonder if having a veteran that can just kind of plug in and fill some minutes would do something for them. They do have Justin Holiday. Maybe Justin Holiday's not the guy. There will, I think, though, be more, 
there will be more players, I think, in the coming days. And the reason I say this is like the Drew Holiday trade is going to happen. And there's already like the number. It is incredible the amount of, of buzz on it. It's just amazing how much <laughs> it's honestly kind of embarrassing for Miami. Um, how much teams are really interested in Drew Holiday versus Tyler Hero. But um, that's going to happen. And if those deals become larger components, then there's going to be extra guys and, and they'll get waived. Um, Phoenix is still talking to, to a couple of teams, including Indiana, I've heard. And if that's the case, then there's a possibility of Phoenix adding more players. And again, being like, okay, we got to, we're going to shift some more guys out. So the, I think it's interesting because I think there's a lot of enthusiasm from Nuggets fans, especially online about the idea of the young guys. And I understand that because young guys are really exciting. And I'm not saying they're not going to be good because they could be, they could be better. I try and be open about these things because I used to be too close-minded like in the beginning of my career i was like young guys are awesome and then i got older and became grizzled and was like young guys don't know what they're doing they don't belong on contending rosters and now i'm like no it kind of depends there's some guys that that can make it work it just depends on the situation and the player but i do kind of wonder if denver still needs to be active in looking at these opportunities and be ready to strike and if they have the capacity to do that like are they financially in a position to wave some guys and, and make roster room to be able to add a guy is that something that they can really do? Are, are they willing to surrender on a guy that's on a two-way contract and that they want to see how he develops to try and shore up this year? Do they feel like they have time on that? Like These are all questions that I don't necessarily know that we have an answer on, but I think it's like a really interesting thing to kind of wonder about is just if a guy hits the market that would be a really good fit, do you kind of change your plans? Cause you, you kind of constructed your team based off of the limitations that you had, but now you have some different situations because these guys are hitting a market in a time when most teams are, do have their rosters filled. So you might be able to get them at a bigger discount than you could have in July. Um, Chris says Reggie Brown, uh, Brown, Strother, Watson, Zeke, let's roll. Yeah. Like sounds really fun, right? I just, how, how is it going to, going to kind of go? Um, I am kind of curious. And also like, look, you know, uh, Zeke's had injury issues. Maybe I hope he has an injury free season, but if he does get an injury, then what, you know, who do you turn to in those situations? Um, and I still kind of wonder about what the rotations are going to look like when Nicole is now on the floor. Is Zeke really playing back up five? There's kind of been some evidence. That's maybe not the best thing, Like the Blacko injury weighs heavy here. So there's all these kind of things. And the only thing I would just say is I think it would behoove Denver um, to at least stay aware of who's, I mean, they will because they're a diligent front office, but have those conversations, keep in consideration just because there might be a situation where there's a guy that comes available. You didn't think was going to be available. That suddenly is. And now they can figure out uh, what they want to do on the other side. We'll wrap up. I want to talk a little bit about forecasting the long-term nuggets future. So I want to kind of like look down far crystal balls starting on monday we talk about the now the here the this season so this is my last chance to kind of look long term we'll do that on the other side when we return on locked on nuggets back here on locked on nuggets thanks for joining us making this part of your day appreciate you guys being with us on a thursday night you can catch friday show on friday morning It'll be uh, Adam and Swipa. Somebody asked, like, are Adam and Matt still doing shows? Yep, we'll do World's Finest on Sundays. You'll catch Adam and I on Sundays. And whenever there's, like, a big game or a big moment, we'll probably, or a trade or big news, we'll, we'll, we will get the three of us together for a combo show. You can count on that. 
Uh, take a second, hit the like and subscribe button on YouTube if you're watching right now. If you're not, go subscribe right now. And if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, make sure to leave us those five-star reviews. So I want to talk a little bit about long-term Nuggets future. Um, before the break, I mentioned this. Starting on Sunday, we'll start doing, we'll preview media day. Like, what are we at? What do we want to hear? What are the things that we're interested to find out about? Uh, and then Tuesday's show will be about the start of training camp. Like the very beginning of it, we'll probably wait and do one after the first day of training camp and get reactions. And then like, we'll be in the flow of it. It'll be reacting to whatever the news is of training camp and stories that come out and things that are said and quotes and all these types of things. And then we'll react to the first preseason games and then we'll do analysis off of those. And then we're, we're off and running. So this is like the last chance to kind of look long-term. And I think it's really interesting because in the aftermath of the title, uh, it seemed like this timeline goes on infinitely that it can stretch on. And I don't necessarily know that that's wrong because I do think I've like, I've made so many Spurs comparisons to this team. And I do think that there's a possible longevity of this team, not across two decades, like it was with San Antonio, but maybe across a decade that just from, you know, 2019 through 2029, this team is in contention and making conference finals and potentially making the finals and potentially winning titles throughout that entire span. I think it's interesting to ask the questions of what are going to be the things that we know. What are the, what are the known unknowns to borrow a phrase from a, a documentary about, we don't know. which of the starters will get moved first when the drew holiday trade kind of came up and people were, were kind of asking like, Hey, wouldn't he be great on Denver? And I, most people listen to the show would be like, yeah, but we don't need him because our starting lineup wrecks worlds. And you're right. You're absolutely right. You don't need drew holiday. And that's kind of the key here is that like drew coming off the bench. Amazing. Drew replacing Bruce Brown. Incredible honestly below that's a job below drew's pay grade drew's a starting point guard in this league still and so the only way for a trade to happen would be if they were to trade a starter and you can't get it done for like kcp and future picks that's not going to be enough for for what portland's getting for, for drew holiday so it would have to be something like mpj and then like quite frankly um you know, there's all these debates for years about MPJ. And I said, really, like I was, I, I remember I was in my kitchen having this conversation after a game with Ryan Blackburn about like how bad MPJ was playing at the time. And it was 2000 and I think, yeah, it was 2020 before the bubble. And like, we're going back and forth on it. Cause Ryan likes the young guys. And I was like, he's hurting them because he wasn't playing well at the time. And he was like, so do you trade him? And I was like, no, you can't trade him. He's too good. And like, this is the reality for them is like, he's too good. Maybe 2021, probably 2021. Um, but like, he was too good. And he, he did, he wound up and he wound up earning a spot. And like MPJ is, I've talked about it a lot about the sacrifices that he's made and how good he's been. Um, you can't trade MPJ for Drew Holiday, even with MPJ's back injury history. And even with Drew's like, all world defense. You can't make that deal 
because MPJ has more years in front of him than Drew does. Drew's openly talked about like he's not going to he may retire after this next contract. Like he may just be done. Um, Drew Holiday is one of the best people in the NBA. Everyone agrees on that. Like there's no one. No, you were not going to find anyone that says anything bad about Drew Holiday. You won't find a single person. Everyone loves him. But it doesn't make any sense, right? However, eventually, it will probably make sense for Denver to trade a starter. And it may not be KCP. Like, it may, there may come a point where it's like, you know what? Like, they need more shooting. Or, you know what? They need more defense. Or, you know, like, whatever it is, there may reach a point where they're going to have to make a change. And that's like, again, I think that's years in the future. I think it's like way down the line, but eventually that will kind of be the case. Like five ish says our starting five is perfect the way it is. And he's right. It was perfect last year, the way it was. And I expect it to be perfect this year, the way it is. I got no, I've got no reason to think that things are going to be different this year. But one thing I do say on the show quite often is how each season is a microcosm and each season is its own ecosystem, its own organism. Like you develop differently. I've seen teams, uh, I'll give you an example. The Dallas Mavericks were a bottom five defense for five years. And then in 2022, they became a top 10 defense. And they made the conference finals. And then they turned back into a bottom 10 defense again. But like that happens. The Boston Celtics were um, perpetually like an elite defense. And they had years where it was like it just dropped off. It's really weird. Like sometimes the stuff just kind of happens and it's not injury. You can, people will, will go backwards and try and point to things and you can always kind of be like, yeah, but that doesn't, that wasn't any different than these other seasons. It just kind of happens. And the point here is that eventually there will be things that change with the starting lineup and how to manage that. I think is going to be like a real big challenge because everyone is now beloved in the starting five. You know, KCP is not like, Mr. Nugget, he won a title with the with the Lakers before. He's been on four teams, right? Five teams. But the other guys are like beloved in town and beloved by the other guys, and they're really close. But also, like eventually, there will probably require changes that may be as simple as injury. It just may be somebody starts having injury issues and can't get over it. That happens to a lot of guys. I mean, look, I'll tell you, like Gary Harris looked like he was going to be a top five shooting guard in this league for a decade and then he had the groin injury and was never the same his midsection injury he was never the same after it and that really sucks because i loved watching gary harris and he was a great guy to cover um so Asher says it's either the the front office trades a starter or someone asked to be traded that's the other thing here is i talked about in the in kind of the first segment you know i do think that eventually no matter how much you win there will be a little bit of, I kind of want to go do something different. I want to be in a bigger role. You know, everyone kind of points at MPJ and that makes the most sense. I wouldn't, I look, I'll just say this. Jamal got a ton of credit for the playoff run and he should have, cause he was amazing, right? He got the credit that he deserves, but he's always going to be the Robin. So, so to speak, he's always going to be the other guy. He's always going to be the number two. And if Jamal reaches a point, if his if his career reaches an apex, the good thing about Jokic is Jokic may just continually defer to him, and that may alleviate it. But that's tough. Like, is that better? Does it make Denver better? 
You know, at what point is Jamal good enough to be able to sustain if he's the primary guy and it's not Jokic? Can you imagine? I, I have a hard time imagining it, but Jamal could definitely get there. I also just don't know if that's more effective. I don't know if you can win as much. I don't know if that makes everyone better. And so all of these types of things um, are things that are, are going to be down the line, but they're all not also not all bad things, right? It's the, the nuggets are going to hit on more draft picks, whether it's P or the guys this year, Jalen, Jalen Pickett or Strother or Hunter Tyson. Like there's going to be unexpected guys that become key parts of the rotation. Like there will be guys that are added and they will probably pick up veterans along the way too, that really fit in and, you know, get to be really beloved. I, I wonder about coaching too. You know, Malone won a title and that should buy him some time, but I'm also somebody that saw Mike Budenholzer won a title in 2021 and was gone in 2023. Um, Nick nurse won a title in 2019 and was gone in 2023. Um, Monty Williams made the finals in 2021. He's changed teams in 2023. You know, so the the shelf life for, for guys that have reached the finals is a lot shorter than it used to be. And I don't think that's fair, but it's true. So I do, I do kind of wonder, and like there may reach a point where the team needs something else. Again, these are all future things. Right now, the future is exceptionally bright. And maybe that's like the biggest lesson here is I've told everybody this summer over and over and over again to enjoy the championship to live in this moment. We did the whole series of talking to various guests about the experience of covering the finals. We took your comments and we talked about what it was like for you to win the NBA for your team to win the NBA title. Like we've tried to really celebrate how special that championship was. And that reign continues. Your team is the defending NBA champion. Monday starts media day. That's the first step. That is day one of the nuggets title defense. They get to defend it until a new champion is crowned next June. If a new champion is crowned, if it's not them and they have every reason to think that they can do it again. So maybe that's the thing is like, we don't know what's going to happen in the future and there will be things that will be different. But right now, last year wasn't a one-off. You return the core five. You have six guys that were in the rotation in game five of the finals on the court. Enjoy this time. Be here now. We'll see what comes in the future, but you get to enjoy your team's first ever title defense. Soak that up. It's going to do it for Locked On Nuggets for us Thursday. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate you guys being with us. Check out the live show tomorrow or in your podcast feed tomorrow afternoon with Adam Mares and Swipa. We'll see you again Sunday night for World's Finest. We'll see you guys again next time on Locked On Nuggets.